Hi, I'm Daniel, and you're listening to Time in the Word on Faith FM. Today I'm here with Taylor from the Deloraine Seventh-day Adventist Youth Group in Tasmania. How are you going today, Taylor? I'm going well, thank you, Daniel. It's good to have you on here again. Yes, it's great to be back. It's really exciting to be discussing another passage from the Bible. Well, we're going to be continuing our study of John chapter 3, and or the book of John, uh, with John chapter 3. And today we're going to read a little story from verse 22 down to verse 30. And uh, I'm wondering, would you be able to open with prayer for us? Absolutely. Let's say a prayer to our Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask that you be with us. Give us your wisdom as we study your word. And in this passage of scripture, all the things that we will learn, help us to apply them to our own life, I pray. Give your wisdom to the listeners, and may we all strive to honour you in this way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I love your prayers, Taylor. Very, very nice. How would you like to read, uh, we'll get straight into the passage, John chapter 3. Why don't we read the whole story, 22 to 30, and we'll go back and, uh, and unpack it. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to be reading from the King James Version. So follow along in John chapter 3, verses 22 to 30. After these things came Jesus and his disciples into the land of Judea, and there he tarried with them and baptized. And John also was baptizing in Enon near to Salem, because there was much water there, and they came and were baptized. For John was not yet cast into prison. Then there arose a question between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purifying. And they came unto John and said unto him, Rabbi, he that was with thee beyond Jordan, to whom thou bearest witness, the same baptizes, and all men come to him. John answered and said, A man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven. Ye yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but that I am sent before him. He that hath the bride is the bridegroom. But the friend of the bridegroom, which standeth and heareth him, rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This my joy, therefore, is fulfilled. He must increase, but I must decrease. Well, we really get a bit of a snapshot into John's personality here, don't we? We sure do. You can see that he was doing God's work, and it was a very important work, and a lot of people were coming to him. But he kept his focus on Christ, and he knew that it was not him that was important here, but he was just directing people to the Saviour, which is Jesus. And in fact, his message is so important. You know, John chapter 1 makes it clear. It talks about all of these big grand themes. You know, in the beginning was the Word, and, and through the Word was the world created. All things were created, I should say. And then it comes into John. You know, it goes from these big grand cosmic creation themes to John. And so John, John's role or his, his responsibilities were so important. And always throughout the book of Isaiah, the book of Malachi, and other Old Testament books, it was predicted that before the coming of the Messiah would come a forerunner, and he would prepare the way. In the same way as before a um, Old Testament, or I should say an ancient Near Eastern king, would have the way or the road prepared for him before he rode through a town in a chariot, so this forerunner would come. And John said, that's my responsibility. So he had a mighty prophetic responsibility, and yet we see his humility here, where he says, I must decrease and he must increase. He's a great man. Yeah, he definitely is. And it's also interesting the fact that John was Jesus' cousin. Because when you look in a general family dynamic, 
when you've got family members who are doing great and mighty things, such as John here was the cousin of Jesus and Jesus was the son of God, it could either go one of two ways. They could be super proud and just shouting at everyone, or you could have a jealousy factor of, oh yeah, he's my cousin, but I'm going to be better. But you don't see that here with John. He he knew that he was the forerunner for Christ, whether that be his cousin or not, and God had given him this work to do. You know, uh, it's very interesting. Just a few months ago, I was standing on the spot where Jesus was baptized by John, and it was an interesting experience. I had the the privilege of actually preaching from John chapter 3 right at the spot, and it was very, very special. But one of the things that I noticed was that it was it was a pretty remote area. You know, there's desert all around, and he was a simple guy as well. There's caves, close by caves, uh, where he would have lived, and there's a place where people would have come to hear of him. The temptation for me, and this is my human personality, is the temptation for me would, would be to get prideful, I think, when so many people were coming to hear me speak. And um, that's something that I consistently have to pray and, and beg God to give me victory over. And yet, John really seems to be filled with the Holy Spirit here. I appreciate what you've said. Yeah, it's very, very true. I'm just wondering, let's just look at uh, what the response of John's disciples here. Um, how would you like to read verse 26 again? So verse 26, And they came unto John and said unto him, Rabbi, he that was with thee beyond Jordan, to whom thou bearest witness, behold, the same baptizes, and all men come to him. So I suppose this is talking, this was um, John's disciples, and they had picked up on the fact that not only that John was baptizing, but Jesus was actually baptizing as well. And I think this is kind of where pride comes into it, because they were the followers of John. But they were ultimately, by following John, they were actually following Jesus, but I don't think they understood that. I think there came a bit of a jealousy competition aspect to that in the fact that, hey, look, that guy over there is doing the same as you. Like, should we go talk to him about it and tell him not to do it? But John's answer here is really, really relevant. In verse 27, it says, John answered and said, a man can receive nothing except it be given to him from heaven. So John here was telling his disciples that it wouldn't have mattered if it had been Jesus himself or some other man. But if that gift of baptizing people had been given to that person by God and the Holy Spirit, that it would be blessed. It didn't matter that it wasn't John himself. Mm. Yeah, that's so true. And let, let's bring it home a little bit. Is is it possible sometimes that church groups can get competitive with one another? Yeah, absolutely. And um, it's not the right spirit to be in because Jesus said, let us dwell together and work together for his cause, but it certainly can come about, especially when you see so many great things happening in your church and you're like, yes, my church is the best church ever, but we're all following the same master, so we're not actually different churches. We're all the same church, just different locations. That's so true, and that's really what John's disciples are struggling with here. Ultimately, John's ministry is all about pointing to Jesus, you know, and John got it. You know, he said, I'm not even worthy to untie this guy's sandals. My ministry is about pointing to him. But his followers struggled with that. You know, they wanted to have the most people. And I think that we that we do the same thing. It's something that we have to be careful of. If we have any success as a group of Christians, it's because God gave us that success. It's not because of anything good within us. Because I don't know about you, but I look back at the experiences that I've had in ministry and it's every time there's been failure, it's been me. Every time there's been success, it's been God. 
every time. And so I can't take any credit for anything that God's done, you know, in, in my sphere because I know that it's been God that's done it and it's been the failures that have been my responsibility. Yeah, so very, very important for us to keep this in mind. What about personally, you know, as it pertains to competition in the workplace or, you know, even within families, the church is like a big family or it's supposed to be. Is there is times when we get that competitive spirit and we try and, I guess, uh, outdo each other or get jealous when somebody else does well? Absolutely. As part of the human nature, we always want to be the best at everything and we want it to be all about us. I would say personally that I am quite a competitive person by nature and there are certainly times when doing a job and then seeing others do it better can be a struggle because you're like, I want to be the best and then you try and cover it up by saying, but I'm doing it for God. But I'm still being like, I've got this prideful competitive spirit. But Competitive spirit is not always a bad thing. It can be quite good because you're being competitive for the right reasons of doing the best you can for God. But as soon as we turn it around as being competitive and trying to be better than everyone else, Jesus says that none of us are worthy and we're all sinful. So no one is actually better than anyone else. So competition should only be to strive to do the best for God and to do it with each other. Yeah, that's so well said. And, you know, I, I just pray that our prayer together, you know, as believers, as a group of believers, will simply be this in verse 30. What John says here is, He must become greater and I must become less. I know that if that becomes the prayer and the guiding principle in my life personally, in my work, in my sport, let's say my leisure time, in every aspect of my life, it sort of reminds me of that old hymn that you still hear sung in churches, Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in His wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. I know things will always get better when we have Jesus at the centre. We're out of time today, and thank you so much for studying this passage with me, Taylor. Thank you very much, Daniel. Had a great time. You've been listening to Time in the Word on Faith FM today with Daniel and Taylor. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.